I think that it will happen. Before the season starts, I think Donovan Mitchell will be a Nick. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Yelling and Propelling, episode number nine. Big shout out to Kemba Walker, Alec Burks, and Nerlens Noel, who are three former Knicks that we departed with about two weeks ago. Uh, the Walker trade went down on draft night amidst all that chaos. Uh, but a few days later, the Knicks shipped off Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel to Detroit as well in a salary shedding move. I salute all three of those guys. I hope Kemba finds a nice role as a sixth man on a contender. He's already been bought out by the Pistons, by the way. I hope Burks and Noel can do what they do best in Detroit, and I wish all of them a ton of success. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning back in to Yelling and Propelling, episode number nine. Let's jump right into the weekly recap segment. This is nearly a three-week recap segment here. I have a bunch to go over. I'm just going to uh, breeze over some stuff, um, big moves around the league. First thing I wanted to get out of the way was the stifle tower, Rudy Gobert getting traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves in what was a huge move, something I called uh, months ago. I'm not sure if anybody remembers, but I called that there was going to be a lot of teams going into this offseason, and they were going to have to make some big moves, big decisions, um, and give up their current roster to build for the future. And the Utah Jazz were one of those teams that I predicted. Um, and sure enough, Rudy Gobert, gone. They got five unprotected first-rounders in return, along with Malik Beasley and a couple of other uh, role players from Minnesota. So a huge, colossal return. Going into this season, I'd argue that this could be one of the best front courts that we've ever seen. Rudy Gobert playing center and now Cat slides to the four. Um, I feel like they complement each other really well. How would they? How would that work in like a late game situation? That is up for Chris Finch, Timberwolves head coach, to decide. But moving along here, let's go over a couple of guys that re-signed with their current teams on big uh, contract extensions, and there was a lot of them. And honestly, so far in this free agency, there hasn't been too many new faces in new places. So just to go start off with the um, guys who re-signed, Zion Williamson signed a five-year, $193 million max contract, and it could become $231 million with all the incentives. It's a bold move for sure because Zion didn't play a single game last year, um, and we don't know if his weight was an issue. A lot of people were clowning him on uh, social media, looking at him on the sidelines, wearing big clothing. <laughs> Maybe he gained, you know, a couple dozen pounds, but it'll be interesting to see. How he should He's expected to be healthy at the beginning of this year, so I'm very curious to see how Zion looks when he returns. The two-time MVP Nikola Jokic re-signed with the Denver Nuggets on a Supermax deal, the largest deal in NBA history, five years, $270 million. And in case you were wondering, the Serbian center will now be earning $54 million per year, which is bonkers. Damian Lillard reached a contract extension with the Portland Trailblazers, and now his current contract is five years and nearly $270 million. Aside from Dame, the Blazers also re-signed Anfarie Simons to a contract, as well as Yusuf Nurkic, which by the way, I think that was one of the most underrated signings. They got him for a really good deal. Most people forget that Nurkic is only 27 years old, and they got him uh, for four years, $70 million. Uh, and I really like Simons as well. So clearly the Blazers were prioritizing bringing back their guys from last year, even though it was a very forgetful year for the organization. 
John Morant signed a five-year, $193 million contract extension with the Grizzlies. Obviously, he's their focal point for the future. Uh, they re-signed Jared Jackson as well, so they're looking to build around those two. Bradley Beal re-signed with the Wizards on a five-year, $251 million deal. The Wizards' future is pretty interesting now because you've got Beal, who you'd think would want to go to a contender. He's staying loyal. He's staying with um, the Wizards. But what are they building around him? They don't have too much going on right now. You got Chris Tapps there. I don't know if they want him there uh, in the long term. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see there. Now, one big trade that went down, and this is something that I talked about on draft night, should the Knicks be involved in this. It was the DeJounte Murray sweepstakes and how the Spurs were looking to get a big return for him. They were actively shopping him. And the Hawks cashed in. They traded Danilo Gallinari and three first-round picks to the Spurs, and in return, they received DeJounte Murray to pair with Trey Young, and what a backcourt duo that's going to be. DeJounte pretty much fills out all of Trey's weaknesses in that he has the length um, and is like a much bigger guard and is a much better defender. He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, arguably. Um, so that backcourt duo uh, is pretty scary, if you ask me. I'm going to get back to this. I want to hit on this in, in like its own segment. Uh, should we be upset that we lost out on DeJounte Murray? So just to further report on this news, Danilo Gallinari got bought out uh, by the Spurs and ended up signing with the Celtics. And then speaking of the Boston Celtics, they also made a trade to acquire Malcolm Brogdon in exchange for Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, and a 2023 first-round pick. So as we see here, Boston is reloading and not really losing too much. Everything about the Brooklyn Nets has been very puzzling as of late. Uh, they re-signed Kyrie Irving, and he shuts all the rumors up and says, I'll be back next year, see you in October, whatever the tweet might have been. Uh, and then they acquire Royce O'Neal for a first-rounder from Utah, but then like a day after that, KD requests a trade, which is like out of the blue. It's like if anybody was going to request a trade, you'd think it'd be Kyrie. Um, so I was like, what is going on here? Are they... Like, it's it, some time has passed since KD requested his trade. So most people are thinking they're going to go into this, like they're going to start the season with the both of them and Royce O'Neal. <laughs> but I guess the trade is kind of still on the table. I've been seeing some absolutely insane uh, packages. Basically, nobody can afford to take on Kevin Durant. Like nobody can af- like pay up enough to, to take on Kevin Durant. Like, I saw, like, Phoenix was in the mix. I saw Miami was in the mix. Um, but they just don't have enough to give up for KD. Like, they want... In, like, it would be an absolutely historic return. So, as of right now, there is no trade talks really happening. Um, and in Brooklyn, KD and Kyrie remain. And like I said, Royce O'Neal as well. So, they also re-signed uh, Patty Mills and Nick Claxton. And listen, guys, there's a ton more I could go over. There's like a bunch bunch of little signings that I would love to talk about, but this episode would be two hours long if I went over every single thing that went down and gave you my thoughts about every single transaction. So let's talk Knicks, shall we? And what have they been up to during this time when there's all sorts of max contracts being signed, huge money being given out, and some trades going down as well? What have the Knicks been doing? Well, 
right out of the gates of free agency, we did what we were expected to do when we signed Jalen Brunson. It officially became official. Uh, four years, $110 million was the original number reported, but then it was confirmed that it was uh, four years, $104 million, which means Brunson will earn $21 million per year. And I, for one, am thrilled. I hated that so many people were saying it's such an overpay and, oh, what a classic move that the Knicks want to throw the max contract that they can at a guy like Jalen Brunson, who ended up choking in the playoffs and the Mavs go out. Like, I, I hated all of that, and I was very happy. If you guys remember, I was um, thrilled that we were interested in him, especially since it was at a time when he showed out and proved that he can ball and score on all three levels and then also then it all came crashing down for him and in the playoffs he started to struggle a lot then that that kind of made it so that like teams weren't as high on him but I'm glad the Knicks like kept their interest and I'm glad he's a Nick now very glad um and he's is he that ultimate answer is he that like point guard we've been wanting for umpteen years like like oh the Knicks just need that point guard like like there's been so many so much talk over the years about like how the Knicks just need their guy at point guard. Is this him? I don't want to like guarantee that it is. I don't want to put that like expectation and put that like burden upon his shoulders already. I I just I just like the move because it's like he's a winner and he's proven to be a winner not only in the NBA but in college as well. It's a great guy to bring in and then be a part of our culture, right? And I feel like he can mesh with what a lot of what we have going on. He's a guy that, if we get the correct spacing around him, can really hit his mid-range shots. If he can work as a floor spacer and a playmaker, then we have guys around him um, that he can grow with. RJ, for example, IQ, Obi Toppin to throw lobs to, right? Like, I really like the move and I like what we have around him. I can't wait to see him starting day one. And a lot of talk recently, now that it's kind of settled in, that He's our guy. Um, what? Who's going to be with him in the backcourt, in that starting backcourt? Um, well, last season was Fournier at the two, and there was reports that within the organization that they were concerned with that starting backcourt uh, defensively between Fournier and Brunson. Neither uh, are defense is not their strong point at all. What's the answer there at shooting guard, and do we move uh, Evan Fournier, well, number one to a new team, but I, what I was going to say is, do we move him to the bench? Um, we're paying him a lot of money. That's what I've been thinking about. Like, is that really, like, should that even contribute? Like, I know we're paying him a crap ton of money, $73 million, in fact, um, and that's an insane number for somebody who just comes off your bench, but is that really, like, does that even, does that even matter? Like, if he's do, playing his role and hitting threes, which we know he can do, he broke the Knicks record for most threes in a season, for crying out loud. So if he's doing that, but just now off the bench, and you move a guy like Quentin Grimes or even Cam Reddish into that starting two spot, who and they bring a lot more defensively, and I feel like that complements Brunson's game much better than Fournier would, then that's something to consider. So that's, that's kind of what um, Nick's Twitter has been raving about recently. S- hashtag start Grimes. Uh, he's balling out in Summer League. I'm going to talk about Summer League after I get through all the signings and all this. But um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, Jalen Brunson is a Nick. However, there's been some drama going down as of late, and there's been some whispers, some hush-hush little bit of uh, rumors about possibly a tampering charge being pressed upon the Knicks because of all the 
talk like prior to the signing, and the Mavericks didn't even get a chance. Uh, most most Knicks fans, including myself, are just like, this is just like you're just sour that you lost him. Mark Cuban even came out, I think, like two days ago, and said like, oh yeah, no, they just signed him. They had the money to work with. I th- it was like a super like fair response. I don't think there's actually anything being pressed upon the Knicks. Um, because there's no real evidence, at least as far as I know of. So, yeah, I, I think we should be fine with that. But, yeah, the Mavericks did let him go. You can't really get mad at them for being upset and wanting, you know, something in return. No sign and trade went down, so we just signed him upright, and that's how it went. So, moving along now, we made another signing that was also on the day that free agency opened up, and that was bringing in Isaiah Hartenstein from the Clippers, uh, we signed him to a two-year, $16 million contract. Last season, Hartenstein played the backup center position behind Zubak on the Clippers, and they're going to miss him uh, this upcoming season. Let me let me give you guys a little insight of who Hartenstein is, because if you're unfamiliar with him, I don't blame you. A lot of people are, and I myself uh, needed to do some research after we made the signing, um, and I realized that Two years, $16 million is a steal for a guy like this. He brings a new element to our front court, something that we don't have, we didn't have before we signed him, and something we haven't had in years. And that's that he's a very skilled big man. He's more than just his size, his seven-foot frame. He's he's a very good passer for his size, and that's something that I think is very valuable in today's game. And you don't, it's pretty rare as well having a guy who's seven foot and in our case come off the bench. Um, and be like a great passer, make the extra pass, um, kick out on an offensive rebound to the right guy, whatever it may be, uh, Hartenstein can do it. Believe it or not, he can also stretch the floor as well, but I want to give a disclaimer that even though his three-point percentage is upwards of 47%, like, holy crap, that's amazing, he, he took point four three-pointers a game, so it's not on high volume at all, but Impressive nonetheless, and something we could look forward to next season. And I feel like he's just a perfect backup big man. And those, there's going to be some opportunity for him to start, I'm sure, because as much as I love Mitch, um, there's going to be times when he's injured, uh, whatever it is. Like, there's he's going to have the plenty of opportunity to prove himself um, and do his thing. I, I, I'm I'm pretty high on him, and I'm pretty excited to see him play with that second unit. I feel like that that second unit is going to be so fun. The second unit right now is projected to be Emmanuel Quickly, Derrick Rose. I'm just going to throw out names. I'm sorry. Yeah, just Cam Reddish, uh, Toppin, Hartenstein. It'll be something maybe like those five, and that's a, that's a fun team. That's a, that's like a that could be those guys could be the starters on an NBA team, right? Like that's a good team. Like I said, I don't blame you if you didn't know anything about him beforehand, but I just get frustrated at the guys calling it a bad signing when they just have no idea who he is. And like he's he's a pretty talented player. He he's good. He's gonna be pretty dang good on the Knicks. Now, what else have the Knicks been up to? Well, we re-signed Mitchell Robinson as expected, not originally as expected, but since uh, around the draft, around that time, it was expected that we were going to reach an agreement with Mitch, and we ended up doing that. Four years, sixty million dollars. That'd be fifteen million per year, which in my humble opinion, is a steal. I think that what Mitch brings to the table, his elite defensive awareness, elite shot blocking, and just absolute 
boss on the boards and being like a lob threat. All of that is perfect for a center in today's NBA. Even if he never develops a three-point shot or even a mid-range shot, then it's okay because we sign, we say we give him this $60 million and we say, hey, you keep doing what you do best and just get better at it. And we believe that you, like with this contract, what we're doing is saying, we believe that you can become a like defensive player of the year candidate type of player and like Rudy Gobert type of like shot blocking like you got to steer clear of this guy like you you know like how like Gobert on the Jazz like you run the players into the paint purposely so that Gobert can just erase their shot that's what the Knicks are like that's what the Knicks believe Mitch can become um, and he offers more on offense than Gobert frankly we re-signed Mitch four years 60 million I'm super happy about it what we have yet to do is re-sign another player by the name of R.J. Barrett. Ever heard of him? A lot of, I, I completely, I might have retweeted this. It was like, I forget who I'm quoting here, forgive me, but I need that R.J. Barrett contract extension notification from Shams or Woj, like, more than I need oxygen right now. So it was like, it, nothing yet. And there hasn't been too much, like, said about it yet, but I assume we're just kind of, it's kind of waiting. We're, there's, there's a lot going on. And we, uh, yeah, it just hasn't come to be yet, but I feel like it will, like, in the very near future. If I had to put a put a time frame on it, I'd say next week. I'd say within the next two weeks we hear something about it, and we uh, there's, an ex- there's an extension we agree upon. We're not just going to, you know, say, screw you, and just, like, you play this last year, then we'll figure, and we, we, we will pay the man. I have faith. Hopefully it's, you know, something that, both sides will be happy with and we can move forward as RJ as our focal point but a little bit more RJ news um not that has nothing to do with the extension it was reported that with all these trade talks going on um and all the rumors that the Knicks are involved in RJ Barrett is not on the table no matter the offer essentially untouchable is Barrett and that's awesome like that we can we're willing to say that about any player it's just like just to have that trust, just to see my organization have that trust in a player is awesome. And I think that's got to feel great from Barrett's point of view. Now, something I said I wanted to circle back to was the DeJounte Murray deal that went down with the Hawks. And the reason I wanted to come back to it is that there were a lot of Knicks fans that were upset uh, that we didn't jump on it because all the Hawks had to give up was Danilo Gallinari and three first rounders. So for DeJounte Murray, that seems like nothing. Uh, I think there's a pick swap in there as well. But we could have done that easily. We have plenty of picks. I think nine in the next five years, I want to say. Nine first-rounders, that is. Um, which is, you know, plenty. And we, could, we we have some to spare for sure. So, like, why didn't we do that? I don't have a definite answer for you. I can't, like, I can't say that I know the reason. Because I, I, w- I did start to buy into... Like, Jalen Brunson, we sign him, and then bring in Murray through the trade, and that's our backcourt, because that's really good. I really like the sound of that. Um, But I guess within the organization, there was concern about that fit. Um, We already knew we wanted Brunson, and we kind of kept uh, the Murray deal in the back pocket, and then the Hawks jumped on it before us, and then it just is what it is. I, I trust the organization either way. Um, and originally I was like, I was, I was very upset to see the Hawks got him out of all the teams. Um, but 
yeah, I was just upset to see that we missed out there. But you know what? Like, like time has passed, and I'm like, I honestly, I'm kind of kind of excited to see uh, Trey Young and Dejounte Murray together. Even though I despise Trey Young, um, I think that's a great backcourt duo. Like I said, I think that's super scary for the league. But like, listen, I um, originally was butthurt that we missed out on it, but like, I just trust our organization. I trust that if like, we could have done that. We could have made a deal and could have made a run at him if we wanted to, if we should have. But I'm not trying to make it seem like there's, like, one huge reason why, like, it's going to come out tomorrow that, like, he got into, like, some domestic abuse, like, case. Like, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, they weren't, like, the Hawks really wanted him to pair with Trey Young. And I just think it was, like, we we were thinking about it, you know, playing it like we were tentative. And then they jumped on us, like, it's okay, we missed out. We got other options. Um, we have plenty to work with, and that's just the way that the cards fell. So I don't think it's something that like, oh, fire this organization or fire this uh, Leon Rose, get him out of here. Like, I, I don't think it's anywhere near that bad. Um, it's a little disappointing, but it is what it is. Now, maybe you you're saying part of the reason I'm saying that is because a guy named Donovan Mitchell is still. You know, there's a lot of rumors circling around about that now. Mitchell to the Knicks. Will that come to fruition? Well, listen, original reports were that the Jazz were looking to retool their roster around Mitchell. Now, however, the Jazz are showing a willingness to listen to possible trade scenarios. This is all according to Woj. And it was reported by Shams that the Knicks and Jazz were engaging in trade talks. I believe that was Tuesday. So just a couple days earlier, we started trade talks with Utah. I think this is something that might actually be in the works. Like, this this could happen. And I've, I've made a bold statement. I texted my buddy Anthony, great friend of mine. I said, listen, Friday, Jalen Brunson, not Jalen Brunson, he's already a Nick. Donovan Mitchell becomes a Nick. Just like a delusional kind of like, I'm betting on it kind of claim. I, I think it's really promising. I think there's reason to believe that this deal gets done. And it's not only because we, like, as, like, the like Knicks fans and all, like, everybody part of the Knicks is, like, we feel like we have enough to give up that we can afford to trade uh, for him and then bring him onto the roster and still have enough around him. It's not only that, but the Jazz have actually picked the Knicks as a potential suitor for Mitchell if they were to trade him because they like what we have, the nine first-rounders in the next five years, like I just mentioned, and all the young talent that we have. So finally, we get some recognition for this young core that uh, is great. But yes, so could this actually happen? I really think it's going to happen. I really think that this will happen. I don't th- I don't I'm not going to guarantee that it's going to happen the day this is posted, which will be Friday the 15th by the way. Um and also would mean I'm definitely going to have to get an episode out next week because I got to break all I got to go over all this um kind of all over, but uh yeah, I think that it will happen. Before the season starts, I think Donovan Mitchell will be a Nick. I'm calling it. I think if we're talking trade packages, I think that it'll be something along the lines of the best case scenario. Let's go over that first. Best case scenario, I'm just going off the top of my head. I think we will include Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier, Derek Rose, say uh, Miles McBride, and like 
four first-rounders and maybe like a pick swap in there. I think the deal will be that we get Donovan Mitchell in return. I, I heard something that was like quickly or Obi Toppin have to be involved in this deal. Um, they, they're just very interested in the young talent, those two names just listed, as well as Quentin Grimes and all like Cam Reddish, all these guys, all the names circling around. One thing I would like is if we didn't give up both Grimes and Reddish, because I feel like that'll make us really uh, weak and kind of that'll kind of gut the wings from our roster. And I would be a little hesitant to include both of them in a deal, plus like you know everything else. So that's where I'm a little hesitant. And you and I'm sure you guys could guess that I am very hesitant to include an Obi Toppin or an Emmanuel Quickly or both. I am highly disinterested in getting the entire trade done if it would cost the both of them quickly and Toppin. Uh, one or the other, I just would have to see, like, if it's like, I saw something with, like, Rudy Gay being attached in it. So if it's like a to- uh, Obi Toppin and uh, Grimes and, say, Fournier, we keep Rose and throw in three first-rounders. If it's something like that, then it's like, maybe I consider it. But what I said with, like, the Grimes, the Fournier, and the Rose deal, the first package I just put together, that's, like, the best, like, most realistic way we get out of this with uh, D-Mitch. But my absolute dream trade package that I would put together if if this was a perfect world would include Randall. However, I don't believe that the talks are centered around Randall really at all. And it'd be kind of a shock to most people that, that if he were to be included in it, um, Quentin Grimes is, is the most common name mentioned, uh, so I'd be sad to see him go for sure, but he's he's not untouchable on my, a lot of people have Quentin Grimes very high on their list of, like, where they value him on our roster, like, they have him on, like, Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin level, and I just think that's not right, I think that that's overrating him a bit, and I don't think he's proven to be near them quite yet um he's a super talented guy and and like worst case scenario he becomes like a role playing like really good three and d kind of player i think there's potential for more for him but i don't think he's like right now we should be rating him that high i don't think his ceiling is nearly as high as uh, a guy like ob or emmanuel quickly so but anyways i'm getting a bit sidetracked let me put together what i think the most realistic trade package would be i think it would include Obi Toppin, um, and I'd be very upset. Well, I just I just be super sad to see him go. But I think the the most realistic trade package would be Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier, let's say Deuce, and three maybe four first rounders. The four like with Obi in there, I feel like we could get by with three, and then we get Mitchell. So. I don't know. It's it's crazy town because this is like what a like like what are they, all these packages? Either way, like whichever way you write it, like it's gonna be an insane return because we're getting an insane player, a generational talent in Donovan Mitchell. So yeah, it's 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 up for discussion. Like, what would your call be? I'd love to hear it in the comments. Um, are you pulling the trigger on this trade? Uh, no matter who's involved, are you just like gimme Donovan Mitchell, put him in a New York Knicks jersey by all means, or are you kind of hesitant? Um, I think Leon Rose and company are they're 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 playing it smart, and they know that if either side has the momentum, or I'm sorry, either side has the leverage in this deal, it's it's us. 
and I'm sure they know that, and I'm sure they're they're trying to. I think I think both sides, from what I'm understanding, is that both sides are trying to get this deal done, which is why it's so promising. I'm not just saying that because I saw Donovan Mitchell photoshopped in a Nick jersey on Instagram, and then suddenly I started having fantasies in my head. Oh yeah, it's real promising. Like there is reason to believe, a lot of reasons to believe that this is actually going to happen, and I believe it. I maybe you could call me crazy, but I believe that this trade will get done very, very soon. Um, and hopefully a week from now, I'm making another episode saying Donovan Mitchell is a Nick, but we'll see. Like, even if it doesn't get done, I'm pretty happy with what we've done so far this off season. Um, one last little tidbit I wanted to talk about was Carmelo Anthony. If you guys remember that old guy, no, I'm just kidding. Um, there was actually, I want to say two weeks ago, that he was spotted, press spotted him and James Dolan in New York. Or was it? I think it was in New York. Don't quote me on that part of it. But they were spotted coming out of the same restaurant five minutes apart like we wouldn't notice. Clearly bonding or something like, you know, talking over dinner and maybe there'd be a mellow return. I think that's something that could absolutely happen. Uh, number one, if the relationship is a little more healed uh, between Dolan and the rest of the uh, management and uh, Mello. And number two, if the Donovan Mitchell trade goes down, because that makes us a real playoff team. That's that's a threat in the East. With John, with our starting lineup, If we if this trade goes down and we don't trade, you know, like, R.J. Barrett, which we won't, but possible starting lineup for next season could be Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, going from point guard to center, by the way, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson with I possibly IQ and Obi off the bench. So that's a team Mello or any guy who's really looking for a ring is very interested to be a part of. Um, and you know Knicks fans would love to have Melo back. I, for one, would absolutely love to see it. And while he's not nearly what he used to be, he could still give us great minutes off the bench and be like the microwave. There's no winning team that wouldn't mind uh, Melo scoring off the bench, you know. So I think that if the Donovan Mitchell trade does go down, Carmelo Anthony will end up a Nick before the start of the season. I really believe it. I think that enough time has passed that, like, he would want to return and that Dolan, there's no hard feelings there between uh, or the organization, and the fans would love to have him back. I, for one, would love to have Mello back. It just, it would feel right to me. So, once again, I ask, what do you guys think? Would you like to see Carmelo Anthony back with the Knicks, or are you like, one stint is enough? Thank you. Enjoy retirement. But either way, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of Yelling and Propelling. It's been a very eventful offseason thus far for the Knicks and the rest of the NBA. Um, I'm starting to get really excited for next season. Oh, my God. Dude, I just remembered I didn't say a word about Summer League. I didn't say a word about Summer League. You know what? I promise you guys I'm not acting any of this. This is like I just realized that I reached like the 30-minute mark and I didn't say a word about Summer I don't want to make this like a 45-minute episode. So I'll tell you what. Next uh, Friday, I will release an episode and... I'm either going to be talking about Donovan Mitchell and Summer League or I'm just going to be talking about Summer League because we actually won tonight. We won uh, the Thursday night's game, which puts us at 3-1, and one, our Summer League record. And 
that means that we will have a playoff game, and I think that gives us a good chance to make the uh, championship. Or it was some, I don't know how the heck the seeding works for Summer League. It was something like if you go undefeated, you like guarantee that you're going to make the championship. We didn't go undefeated, but none, no team in Summer League did, so I don't know what that means. But, yeah, I, I, maybe I can talk about that we won the uh, Summer League championship uh, next week. That'd be pretty friggin' cool. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I will touch much more on Summer League. Next week, just know that Quentin Grimes is balling out along with two other members of his draft class, Jericho Sims and Miles McBride. They're all showing out. And shout out to Ferran Hunt as well. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening to Yelling and Propelling episode number nine. Farewell for now. Have a superb rest of your day or night, and I hope to see you again soon. Go next.